0: is up still studying happy Monday January 10th 2022 and what a glorious 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 day victory Monday your Pittsburgh Steelers are playoff bound remember that episode that I did last week when I looked at the pipe dream miracle possibilities of what could happen guess what it happened And now Pittsburgh will be going to Kansas City next Sunday night for their opening wild card game against the Chiefs in an effort, a monumental effort, formidable effort, to overcome the demons and that shellacking that they took last time, the day after Christmas, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Lots to talk about today, but before we get into it, just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being supporters of The Still Study, for reading, listening, sharing. It truly means the world to me. You know the three ways that you can connect with me. Comment on the articles directly at the bottom of the page. Drop me an email at stillstudy at gmail.com or give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Every Saturday I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag where I put your question, comment, feedback on the show. Basically, you create the show for that day, so I'd love for you to be a part of it. So drop me a message. I'd also like to bring your attention to the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, the Still City Insider. Our podcast is called the Still City Insider Podcast. We record every Tuesday at the dark hour of 5 a.m. We'll be recording tomorrow and we publish between 6 and 6:30 audio and video. Check that out, it is linked in the show notes. A lot of fun. Jim is a goat. He's been covering the Steelers since 1995. You don't want to miss it. And something new that was supposed to start for me this past weekend Steelers week, my new video show. I had a bunch of technical difficulties with it, didn't get the initial episode out. So that's being pushed back one week. My apologies to all of you on that. So there is a lost episode. We're going to pick it back up next week for Steelers Week. So, again, I apologize to you for that. Make sure you check that out next weekend. So, here we go. And how about this? I predicted the exact score of the game, 16-13. First time I've done that all season. Not surprising and not hard to pick a Baltimore-Pittsburgh score because they always come down to one or three points. It's always a last Second play that pushes the team over the top. That's how it always unfolds. And Sunday was no different. Things got a little hairy there after that big touchdown run that the Steelers defense gave up. They gave up over 200 rushing yards once again, but still found a way to get it done. And there were a lot of just key critical plays in this game that really defined the outcome and really push the Steelers to victory. And I want to highlight some of those individual plays and, you know, we'll start out with Terrell Edmonds and his interception. He's really played well all season. He's been good. You can't say he's been great. He's been good. I know they didn't pick up his fifth year option, but you would have to think at this point he's going to be re-signed heading into the offseason. But he played well, not just On that interception, but in pass coverage, I can't say he played great in run defense because the team gave up overall 200 yards, but his pick was big. Cameron Sutton with a big interception in the end zone to stop the Ravens from scoring. That was clutch. That was a big play. Sutton needed a big play. He's had a down couple of weeks, so he came through significantly with that interception in the end zone, preventing points. Kudos to him. Pat Fryermuth in overtime with his catch and run. Really the whole game, Fryermuth played extremely well. Najee Harris, injured early in the game, shows his toughness, comes back out there, one-handed catch, picks up a good chunk of yards, and then has the run where he bounces it to the outside. And whenever I saw him bounce it to the outside, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get tackled for a loss. But somehow he found some space, a nice block by Chase Claypool there. And that may have been the play of the game that set up the Boswell field goal. And then speaking of Chase Claypool, for as critical as we have been of Chase for some of his shenanigans unrelated to the actual playing of the game, You have to give credit where credit is due. On some of those jet sweeps yesterday, he had nice runs. His touchdown reception gave them the go-ahead points. And then the block on that nausea run I was just talking about, just an overall quality performance by Chase Claypool, so kudos to him. Defensively, T.J. Watt ties the sack record. I think we all saw that coming, and earlier in the game, there was a, a butt fumble, and then Tyler Huntley recovered the fumble. Watt came in, trounced him, knocked the ball out. They didn't count that as a sack. If you do count that as a sack, that gives him the record, but they're not doing that. So Watt's total stands at 22 and a half. Hayward had another sack to push him to 10, so between Hayward and Watt, 32-and-a-half sacks. So two players provide that much spark and juice. So just incredible performances. And then how about Minka Fitzpatrick there with that? Really, again, that saves, saves the Ravens, stops the Ravens from getting into field goal territory because Fitzpatrick gets there clubs marquise brown he can't hang on to the football just incredible fitzpatrick i you could make the argument that he is up there and should have been in discussion for the team mvp alongside tj watt he just didn't have the stats for it but minka has been phenomenal he's going to get paid this offseason and how about akella witherspoon he played well again, too. He had another nice pass breakup, and his his contract numbers just keep going up and up and up with every game. And then we have to give credit to the GOAT Big Ben, who didn't really play well in the first half, but that's always been his MO. But second half, just making clutch throws how many third down and fourth down conversions there late in the game they got, and none bigger than the one to Ray-Ray McLeod. Kudos to Ben and kudos to Ray-Ray on that play for picking up the first down, extending the drive, and really, that was the play of the game right there. I think I said two plays of the game, but you know what? There were so many plays, just singular plays that just stood out, and this team just – it was a magical experience yesterday. When you thought they were dead – dirt on them, buried, they just keep finding a way and it is not pretty, it is ugly as sin but they're getting it done they're getting it done so now they have a another visit to Kansas City for the opening wild card round Steelers got in at 9-7-1 thank you to the Jaguars for beating the Colts thank you to the Raiders for not ending that Chargers game in a tie they even went to OT so Steelers in at 9-7-1 in the Kansas City Chiefs second seed this is going to be a tough matchup and what I would say is going into this one don't have high expectations for this game you saw what happened in the first contest the Steelers got trounced you can't go in there with high hopes for this one They're going to be overmatched on defense. Patrick Mahomes, especially in the postseason, there's just so much offensive firepower there. The Steelers aren't built to go score for score with somebody. And if it gets – this game turns into one where the Chiefs are putting up a lot of points It's just going to be too difficult for the Steelers to overcome. Their best bet in this contest, like I said the last time, they have to shorten this game. They have to dominate the time of possession. And the way that that happens is Najee Harris, Najee Harris, Najee Harris. So if ever there was a game for Najee to just dominate on the ground, and Kansas City has been susceptible as of late on the ground this coming Sunday is it. They have to prioritize running the football, short passes, control the time of possession, and then what you have to do defensively, their their rushing attack isn't great, but they still put up yardage against the Steelers. You just have to force Mahomes into mistakes. Now, it can be done he's had a little bit more sloppy of a year than he's ever had this year but that's that's got to be the recipe for the win here dominate time of possession run the football shorten the game and force mistakes with your defense that's a tall tall task arrowhead is one of the most difficult places to play But we have a whole week to talk about that, and you know what? Even if they don't win, how can you not say that this was a successful season? 9-7-1, postseason berth with all the new players, all the new faces. Basically, a little bit of a reboot and a rebuild here. Steelers are trying to fix this thing on the fly. Ben gets another one in Baltimore, and life is good. As a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and ins studying, 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 studying. That is it. That is the end. That is the conclusion of episode number two hundred and two. I'm your grateful host, Jeremy Rich. Thanking you for being here with me today. I will catch you back here tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the study session. Be sure to check that out. Check out the new edition of the podcast with Wex over on his site, The Steel City Insider. A lot coming to you this week, and let's just be grateful, man. The Steelers are in the playoffs. Ben gets one more shot at this thing. And, hey, it's always fun to ask that question, what if? And you know what? For this week, you get to ask it again. So what if? What if the Steelers beat Kansas City? And why not? Peace, y'all. I hope you have a great week. Out.